I wonder if the meeting is being recorded or not. It is. It just said this meeting is being recorded. I'm being sarcastic. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank well, you for <laughs> And thank you for tuning in to the Perfectly Planned Life Podcast Cafe. Awesome. I'm here with my BFF Anastasia Preston. Hey. <laughs> and we're talking about one of my favorite first ladies and most beautiful people. Yes. Michelle Obama. And if you notice today, I look a little different. I have my Michelle Obama wig on today. I was trying to rock it. We got, our, Mich- we got our Michelle Obama on. <laughs> you can't talk about Michelle Obama and not get yourself in some type of way um, just to feel good about mm-hmm. yourself and just uplift. You have to be, you know, this is her picture. So you just have to get yourself together looking some type of way. But uh, we just wanted to talk about this first chapter, and and just I like this book because she gets personal. Because you think about a first lady, anytime you think about any first lady, you think about prim and proper and just this and this, but you don't really think about you know what other people have to go through to get to where what it looks like on the outside of perfection. So you know, for me, it was. Um, just like an eye-open awakening experience just to read this book and um, talking about just the first chapter um, my favorite thing was just her aunt and Aunt Ruby and just thinking about how every woman, every sister circle genuinely needs an Aunt Ruby First, before I start going into too far, what did you think about that first chapter? I don't want to go too far, too fast. I love um, just the realness, you know, when she realized, have I, I'm starting my life now after these eight years, or, you know, am I continuing my life? I don't have to ask permission to open the window. I'm here by myself, and I can relax. I'm making a piece of toast with melted cheese, you know, without somebody handing her a platter, you know, and just the fact of her saying, you know, I was at a point where I realized, wow, I'm either continuing my life or I'm just starting my life, you know, after all of these things. And it was kind of what I was saying earlier um, before recording, how when I was looking through my memories and my photo albums and the pictures of people and family and letters that I'd written and still have friends who've written me. I was a writer and I would write letters and send them in the mail and my friends and family would write me back. And I'm like, wow, reading over those things, life just happens and it continues on until you pause and take a look back at everything. And that's what she was doing. She's looking back at everything and like, wow, oh my goodness. It it would just set your heart on fire. Just being able to investigate your life and realize where you are in it. I like how you said that. And just looking back at different things makes you, I guess, just more grateful to where you had to come, you know, come from. And just, and like you said, for her, hers is her awakening, her awakening moments of just, okay, I've been, I'm always, I have always been an intelligent woman. I've always had a, you know, a good brown education from, you know, just talking about her experiences as a child all the way up until uh, that woman that she is becoming. But it's just, yeah, that's, 
I can't say anything, but she's just a, a deep individual all the way around. Um, you know, I had, I had some. She was telling us, you know, mem remembrances and things that she was doing at the age of four and how right. she felt. I mean, there's not every four-year-old who's ready to start playing the piano and, you know, that sort of thing. But there are different opportunities that she may have been afforded and provided that, you know, some of us may not have. And so maybe, you know, there's no way we could have been able to be ready if we weren't prepared. You know, there are some things that she was prepared for. Right, that, you know, some, like you said, like some people would not have been ready for that. But I just, again, I just go back to her Aunt Ruby. I wonder how how things would have been different in her life had Aunt Ruby not been a character in her life because she was such a persistent, yeah. um, persistent character in her life from just, you know, waking up and knowing she was going to hear that noise, that music every day. And she said, you know, she always said the music wasn't something that was, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just something that was always present. Um, and it, she didn't really, she didn't even really, it, you know, like this music until she was able to um, start those lessons on her own and wanted to do. And it's funny about, um, <laughs> and I thought about just me and just women in general. We are so ready to start something. And sometimes we're not even prepared. Like you said <laughs> just now, like it's, we're ready to start it, but you're not prepared for it for what the outcome is going to be yeah. and how to, to continue it. Um, I like the, I don't want to jump too fast, but I just, I really like the end of this chapter. It was something that just sparked me at the end when she was, um, when she was so ready to, to start those lessons from Unruby. She was just, she was like, oh, Ruby, I can do this. I can go to the next one. I can do this. And then when Aunt Ruby gave her a chance at the end of this one, you know, she realizes that, oh goodness, I can't even remember how to start, which, which key to press to start <laughs> so other people can listen to my music. I'm not even ready. She's, she was so focused on the audience. She's so focused on the people looking around her that she couldn't prepare herself for the the, the, the things that she was getting ready to play, the, the, the music that was supposed to, you know, getting ready to you know, get into line. So I, I just thought that was something you know, just to think about that sometimes we're so ready to start something, but we're not mentally prepared. But I'm, you know, I was happy to hear at Ruby, um, even though she had her depicted as this evil character or this, you know, character that was against her. And it's funny the how she the really enemy, was. she thought she was really the enemy. And Daniel opened the door and closed and she was a she was a subject for her. She was. And that's so funny that when people challenge us as women, we're so ready to dismiss them as the enemy. You need someone that's going to challenge yeah. you. I don't need a yes man. Yeah. I don't need someone that's always like, girl, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I need somebody. That's why you my best friend because you want me to know. Mm -mm. No, that's not working. <laughs> and you're quick, to, you know, you're quick to give me my love and you're quick to tell me in a loving way. And I love that at the end of this chapter, like, and Ruby, where, you know, when, she, you know, when Michelle got stuck on that key and just couldn't remember, that's when Aunt Ruby came to her rescue without even hesitation and loved on her, embraced her and, you know, put, play, didn't just tell her what key to press. She put her hand over her hand and put, you know, to position her in that right spot. But, you know, just thinking about those things, life. Life. But uh, hold on a second. Hold on. Abby, did you get stung or not? I'm I'm doing a show. 
Did okay, sweetie. I'm doing a recording, babe, and I know you're you're just playing. Okay, sweetie, get up, honey. Get you some water, Abby. Um. So yeah, the way that I've seen, you know, my perspective on you know that scene in the story was the fact that she was so um, used to playing the rickety raggedy. Uh, you know, the keys looking like missing teeth. And so <laughs> she was in an environment where, yeah, the, the environment that she was used to, you know, the middle C, the starting point had a map. It was a map for her. So she immediately could see the chip in the middle C and she knew automatically where to start. But now taken out of, stop it, taken out of environment, you know, put in a perfect world here that middle C is not changed. Mm. And so she knew the song by heart. Yes. But because she was used to having a roadmap for where the C was, and now there's no longer a roadmap, it took her of her element. And I think that's how as women that sometimes... Would, yep. And you're right. Sometimes as women, we we're so used to traveling down in you know, a one road map. We, you know, we're so used to looking at things in a broken path and a broken Mama. way that when things are actually cleared out of our way, it's like, well, what am I doing now? Like, how do I fix this? How do I? And you don't realize like it's already fixed. You don't have to look at everything broken. Sometimes you have to look at things. Yeah. You know, when God takes those elements out of your life, when He fixes things, sometimes you have to prepare yourself for something better. That's how the different mindset. And just thinking about this whole yeah. chapter, this, like I said, Aunt Ruby, I just, I love her because again, if you don't have someone that is challenging your life and challenging you to um, aspire and go to different goals that you really, you don't have the right people in your life. Like I, I just admire her because, you know, just thinking about you, know, like her mom, her mom, even the, the character of her mom compared to Aunt Ruby. Um, in the story, just, you know, her mom was, you know, kind of prim and proper and she liked sarcasm and, and, and Ruby was not, you know, going for that. And, and Ruby was, she might, and Ruby reminds me of AK, um, just in the way that, that she was with her. She was, she was, she, knew, she wanted her not to be perfect, but she wanted her to reach her perfection in herself, if that makes sense. But just, you yeah. know, you, you want somebody to, to have you reach those goals. Sorry, it's a B out here. Um, <laughs> But uh, you want somebody to help you reach those goals in life. So, I mean, I, I, I love this first chapter. Yeah. I can't say enough about it. I'm hoping that this will inspire, yeah. uh, inspire more people Great to introduction. read this book. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now, with the way that her mother was um, concerning Aunt Ruby, her mother, it seemed her mother and father um, helped to uh, round her personality out by allowing her Exactly. To bump heads with Aunt Ruby. It allowed her to um, hone in on her lawyer skills. Mm. And that's an awesome thing that parents do. You know, when your parents and your people see what you're good at and allow you and push you to do and, and practice those things. Oh, no, baby. Um, like for me, you know, in the third grade, I had no idea that I was going to be a teacher, but guess who seen and called it out immediately? My grandfather, who yeah. could not read or write, left school when he was in eighth grade, you know, at that time in what, the 19, if he was born in like the 1940s, you know, then maybe he was, he left out of school before 1960, you know, so it's the fifties that he's working. 
And um, mm-hmm. you know, by the time I came along in 1976, he was just working a regular job. And he said, "When when you grow up, I want you to teach me how to read and write." Yeah. And I had no idea that I was going to be a teacher. But dutiful me, yes, Grandpa. Okay, Grandpa. You know, and you know, think when our parents relatives see those things in us and allow us to practice it and do it that helps well round us as well so that's what her it mother does. and father was allowing her to do you know butt heads with her aunt so that she could hone in and learn you know learn her skill and i think that's like one of the most important gifts that you can give your child i was just thinking about you know i'm always bringing other things and other factors back into our conversations too and just honing back in on you know just those skills that parents do they want you to have and, and that was an important skill. They, they already saw that in her, just like your grandfather saw that in you. It's, it's just funny how, you know, parents have that position for you. And even her parents, you know, they they were so into music. Her mom, like, I think it was the mom or dad, like Ella Fitzgerald, but, um, you know, just, just the music that they love, Stevie Wonder. Oh, grand, grandfather. Was her grandfather. Oh, right. Records at the house. Right, whole- right. For her favorite work records, where she could touch and explore everything in his house, Aunt Ruby wasn't the same. You could, don't touch none of the hey, house. Don't touch it. <laughs> don't sit on the couch. <laughs> but in her grandfather, she could explore more. You know, exactly. Exactly. But it just just those different personalities that that shaped her into that woman, and just having all those different people to shape that, and just say that you can touch this here and here you can't but this is what i want you to, to build on but each person allowed i said character but each person in her life um allowed her to explore those different things and that's you know that's still that that skills that you have to have and even with your own children what are you preparing them for how are you um letting them hone in on their skills like you said with the parents they didn't mind her being respectfully challenging with, with that group and it's, it's important to allow your children to have a voice because if you take you away your voice. child's voice then they don't know how to speak we have so much you know you know chaotic stuff going on in our life right now if we don't have children that are able to speak up for themselves in some type of way even with daniel being on the autism spectrum i think about how he's going to be able to speak up for himself. He doesn't have to have words like everybody else to speak up for himself. It's all in the actions. Your actions speak for your words. Your actions speak louder than your words. And even with Michelle Obama, she has the wording, but her actions as a woman, as a, as a, you know, author, as a, as a black, powerful African-American queen, she, her actions around that, you know, just how she has allowed herself to, and position herself in a way to arise above the things that people have said about her. I mean, that's and just. That's a, I'm looking forward to to hearing those parts there. You know, things where we don't get to see or we mm. didn't get to hear, or you know, how she's affected by people commenting or being rude to her and her husband or the family. You know, we can now really get you know an inside view on you know what she went through and how she right. handled it. Because I love this quote. I, I got to find the exact word to basically go high, what, reach higher. When people are acting a fool, then you reach higher. Mm, you know, right. That, you know, we got to find that quote. Hopefully she'll say that in the book. Has she said it yet? No, I think she says that later with her sister um, circle group. Well, not sister circle. She only has, I think she only talks about one best friend. I think that's when she talks about that best friend. But um, yeah, because reaching higher when people kind of pull you down is one of her 
sorry, something is going on in the back of my house. I don't know what's going on. But, uh, <laughs> but reaching higher when others are trying to pull you down, that's always a, an important sister circle thing anyway. That's, if you don't have people around you, um, you want people around you that are challenging you, but you don't want anybody challenging you to take you out of your yourself and what God has positioned you to be. Um, the person that God is positioning you. You don't want anybody taking you from that, you know, God doesn't want a, a spiritual creature going down to um, um, put put themselves into a, a different level uh, with a new devil. He wants you to elevate yourself. And that's one thing, you know, that she does talk about throughout this book. So I'm, you know, I can't wait to dive into the deeper chapters, um, especially when she starts talking about her best friend and things that go on with her best friend. Um, but yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to talk about too much just to the ones that haven't started the book yet. So how we're gonna <laughs> talk about two chapters at a time, three uh, chapters? How we're gonna do the chapter? With, whatever you comfortable with, because you know I finished you know twice and I'm reading it again because um, I like to read through. I do twice with Audible and then I go. I'm I'm weird. I have to study that way. I study that way too. I listen and then I read through. So that's how I study. <laughs> but you let me know yeah. what you feel comfortable. I'm one of those. I'm one of those one and done. <laughs> with this kind of book, I don't know. It's I do different. that with movies too. Yeah, I know. I can't. I'm like that with movies. On, I know. Once I watch a good movie, like even with um, what's the one you had me watching on Netflix that I love? Um, uh, is it Madison J. Walker? Madison J. Yeah, yeah, I mean that was I loved that whole series, but I don't, I wouldn't go back and watch it again. Like I, that wouldn't be a series that I watch yeah, again. But I love yeah. I love watching now, it, some, experiencing it. Right, there are some movies that I do watch over and over again, um, and there's some I won't. Ne- I don't never need to like the Matter right. CJ. I don't need to watch it over again. But the Purple, I've seen it over twenty or thirty times. And when, when I was single, it. no kids. Every- <laughs> When I was single and no kids in my twenties, late twenties, I would uh, every Sunday put it in my DVD and sit there and watch it every Sunday and would cry at the same parts. <laughs> so there are some, there are very few movies that I can do that with. The Titanic, it's mm. a three or four hour movie. I will sit and I've watched it several too. times and will cry at the same part. Several <laughs> lifetime movies that I'll do that with too. So I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. And then there's some you just never have to see again. That's true. Yeah, some you just you're done with. One, like you said, one and done. I'm happy I saw that. That's over. That's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we can do it on uh, two more chapters. Um, I think that I don't want to take this book. Two or three. We can do the three. So we can go to five. Let's go to five. Okay. Let's go to five. Okay. So go to five next time. Yes. Okay. Because they're really, they're, they're not that they're bad to read. Now I have a question. To. Go ahead. So you said, um, you know, it would really be a shame if a person doesn't have those type of people in their life to hold up a mirror to you. My hmm. question is, what if those people are in your life and you're the type of person that refuses to look in the mirror or, Ooh. you know, everything, you know, everything this other person or these other people are doing, they're wrong and you're right or, you're, you know, they're crazy and you're doing what you want to do. 
Like, I have a question about that. You know, when there are people there to hold a mirror up to you, but you refuse to look in it and you're always pointing your finger at them and not yourself, you're not taking the investigation or look at what's going on in your life for you not to be able to look like in the that. mirror. I like that question. I think that that's a question that we should put on the podcast and see what people say too. But for me, um, yeah, you know, that was one of my issues years ago. I had that mirror up and that's even with me being an AK, that mirror is deep, um, deep, deep, deep um, to us. So if you're talking about a mirror that someone's allowing you to hold up and reflection for yourself and you're not getting it. So yeah, anytime that someone's showing you a mirror and that you're not getting it, that means you're not ready to embrace what that person is. So that means you have to grow up a little bit. Um, so I, I know in my life, I can definitely say I've grown up a lot, um, just so I can look in the mirror. That, that's a deep reflection. Um, and even when I was pledging, I didn't realize how deep that was for somebody to hold that mirror up to say, this is, you know, this is for you. But that is, that is a huge thing as a sister circle. I, I'm embracing that now. Um, just that love. That some, some, first of all, somebody has to love you to hold up a mirror for you. That's that's the first thing. You can't just hold up a mirror for somebody you don't like because yeah, that's that's not gonna work. But you yeah. love somebody and you're holding that mirror up and you're 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 embracing them. You're challenging them to look in that mirror. So someone could, you know, they have the option to turn away from your mirror. But if they love you, they're gonna turn back in that mirror and they're gonna reflect back to what you're saying. They're gonna listen to you. They're gonna embrace you. But it's all about them first loving themselves. First, knowing that that they love, you know, first knowing how they, how your love for you is, is something in their life that they're willing to embrace. And, and that's another thing. That's always, that's one thing we're always talking about, just different levels. Different levels of different things. You know, how we even talked about Michelle Obama and how she's on one level and people, you know, people around her might have been pulling her to be able to be to that level. But it's all about being that woman um, that's strong enough to accept how what other people are saying and how to either embrace it or overlook it or succumb or over you know just pass over. It's all about how you are on what level that you're on that that person is going to embrace you. But again, I hope that whoever gets a chance to listen to this that they can you know put their their actions and their their um, excuse me their responses to that question. But that's a deep Question. I love that question. Question. I love that question. Yeah, that's um, that's something I'm investigating now. You know, uh, with some things that I'm going through. You know, being in circles where some people are not willing to look into the mirror, and um, it causes a roadblock. And when you say robot, what do you mean? Uh, it's hard to move forward because the other party is not willing to um, look in that mirror and investigate the deeper things going on. So there's a roadblock because now we have to stay on the surface. Like we're not really telling the truth here. So mm-hmm. when you're ready to tell the truth, when you're ready to tell the truth, then you know we can have a um, more meaningful conversation. Yeah. 
that's I mean, but again, that person has to be willing and ready for what you're saying. Because I, I remember, you know, it's, it's so many people in my life that, you know, I, I knew I was growing and I knew I was turning, you know, moving into a different direction. And I really wanted to pull them with me, but they weren't ready. And I knew they loved me, but they, they were not ready. Um, but they loved the old me, too. They, they didn't, they, they were not ready to embrace the new me and, you know, accept me um, for the person that, that God was pulling me for his purpose to be. And with that, you know, and I'm not saying I, I let anybody go, but I, if they wasn't, they weren't on the path that I was going on, you know, I just kind of separated myself into a different direction. Not me just dismissing them out of my life, but again, I'm traveling north, and if you're staying right there in that middle, if I'm traveling, then I'm not telling you you can't follow me, but I'm saying, you know, I'm going this way, and you have the option. But I'm, again, I, 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 you know, for that, I, I stopped trying to prove people that were not willing to go in the same direction that I was, because that's, to me, that's just a waste of your time and effort. Um, and it's not that, you know, because some people are, are just not on the same level, and they want to be on a different level, they want to be challenged. And then you have other people that just, you know, especially the ones in your close circle that know you. Well, I knew you back when you did so-and-so. Well, that's good, but that's not who I am now. And I'm changing into so-and-so that God wants me to be. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I, I can't go back to that. And, so, and, and I think it's important to know, like, when we grow up, that's the whole thing. When you grow up, <laughs> still, still talking about Michelle Obama, when you grow up, how 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 do you want to look to others? What is the purpose that you are trying to place onto other women? Like what what are you trying to do? Are you just trying to um, enlighten this one person, or is your goal to enlighten several? What what you know? How much energy are you willing to to put towards just one person versus how many people are did you really want to embrace you and embrace who you really are? So it's all about that you know the energy what are you really willing to sacrifice for the greater good for me yeah so like the way that i see that is i'm not going to force anyone to drink the same tea that i'm drinking yeah either we're going to drink the tea together or or we're not and i'm not going to force you to do that so you know we'll just you know meet up of the minds, you know, when it's when it's working out, you know, we'll meet up and have a, a you know, agreement of the minds, you know, when when it's working out, when it's not, have our nice say, how's it going? Love you. See you later. Right. And you keep the moving. Right. You, you run your race, and I've got to run my race. And right. either it's a, it's a, it could be a, it could probably really be a marathon though, you know, it's really a marathon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And right. they have to be, you know, the first one to the finish line, but we all have our own marathons that we're running. We can, we can run together or we can run separate. I like that. That's the perfect analogy because when you're running a race, everybody is not, it's not running with you. Some people are running past you. Some people run away behind you. And this, just very few people might be running right shoulder to shoulder with you. But, you know, those people running shoulder to shoulder with you at that time, those are the ones that keep you moving and keep you um, elevated, keep you going, especially the ones that are in front of you. 
because you, you're all trying to reach to that level. But once you get to, you know, that finish line, you can actually see, okay, this is where I, you know, was trying to get to all this time. So that's, yeah, that's the perfect, yeah, especially when you're thinking about other people that might have been behind you all that time and you're, you're finally running through those people. So it's, it's, it's different. And it is a challenge as a woman. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I thought I heard the door open. You know, my door open. Oh, is is, yeah. It's, it's normally if it's if it's Daniel and he hadn't wanted to put on clothes, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure the world is ready for just naked Daniel running through the backyard. But the uh, <laughs> world. But yeah. Um, I am going to go ahead and wrap up because I know I know our time is limited, but I'm blessed at any time that we can talk and get together. Yeah, always. All the lessons always learned. A couple of lessons. For sure. <laughs> so my biggest takeaway today on this book is who is Michelle Robinson? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because people say that name I'm like who? Who is that? Yeah. But everybody know who yeah. Michelle Obama is. Everybody know Michelle Obama is. When you uh -huh. say Michelle Robinson, like, who? But that that's just funny how one um, word can define your name and just you know, and how one event can define your name and who you are in life because you know will we really. I don't, yeah. I don't know if we would embrace her the way that we would um, if we didn't know about Obama at the last part of her name. Mm -hmm. And she's just as powerful as Robinson and Obama. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, but we have known her as a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Would she have been in the spotlight as a lawyer or the person who ran the nonprofit? You know what I'm saying? That's true. Would we have even known that would she have been in the spotlight like that? You know, for us to even know, there's plenty of Michelle Obamas or plenty of mm. Michelle Robinsons that Michelle we do Robinson. not know. That we don't know. You know, so it is about, you know, claiming claiming who you are and if you're lucky enough to be on a platform then that's how people get to know or be able to be influenced by who you exactly are. exactly being on the right platform like you said moving your own race moving in the, in the spirit that god is, is allowing you to allows you to get to the right place and position to position yourself to elevate yourself to be in that next level so that's that's my takeaway for today are you going to be a michelle robinson are you going to be a michelle obama so <laughs> i'm going to end it on that no unless my sis had anything else to say because we can tell a whole bunch more stories. <laughs> all right. And if not, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. And I thank you all for tuning in to Purposely Planned, Purposely Planned Life Cafe with my best friend, Anna, today, talking about becoming and talking about a few issues um, sparking off from becoming as well. So I love you all and hope you all have a blessed day. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.
I 